You know, there's times when as a preacher you think, you know what, you might have ought to left that in the oven a little while longer because it wasn't fully developed. Perhaps that's the way it is this morning with what I have to bring to you, but I just feel compelled. Early yesterday morning I got up and was reading and this particular scripture just stuck in my mind and as I began to meditate on it, the Lord began to speak to me. And I believe He wants to speak to someone here today. I believe the stage has been set. We've talked about faith and uh, not being afraid. And uh, God has moved and confirmed that He's here. So we don't have to wonder if God's going to show up. He already has. And so now he needs us to hear him. And he's going to speak through a man, but it's his word. And you can count on his word to not fail. Joshua chapter 1. I want to begin reading with verse number 1, and I will read down to verse number 9. And it reads like this. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass... That the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. What a great promise. What a great promise. And you know what's so powerful about the book of Joshua is that it is mirrored in the New Testament in the book of Ephesians. You can overlay them. And the spiritual principles that you find in, in the book of Joshua, you'll find also in the book of Ephesians. So it's not an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament principle too. So everywhere, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. That is what the enemy of your soul fears the most. That you will take that word and embrace it and not only embrace it, but do something about it. Amen. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man, not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. No enemy. No enemy that you face can prevail. None. All right? As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now, Be strong and of a good courage. 
For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. The second time, he says, be strong and courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Most scholars believe that by the time they reached this point, that the Pentateuch, which was the books of Moses, were all completed and were in their possession. And so every promise that God had made them throughout their wilderness journey about this day was in their possession. All they had to do was embrace it and believe it and begin to speak it. I'll get to that in a minute. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, for then, for then, Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. When you start confessing what God has already given you, then thou shalt possess, and then thou shalt have good success. Here's what someone said one time, that if you don't talk to the Word... The Word is never going to have opportunity to talk to you. You need to open your mouth and begin to speak what the Word has already declared. And then verse number 9, he said, Have I not commanded thee? Question. Have I not given you explicit instructions and orders? Be strong. Three times. Be strong And of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. My mind's already blown, so you're going to have to forgive me, but I'm trying to bring all the reins in right now, all right? I'm going to tell you what today is. Today is moving day. I want you to say that with me. Today is moving day. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. <clears throat> praise God. And you may be seated. I want to talk to some of you today that need a new beginning. Amen. Some of you that need a new beginning. 
Some of you that have over the last few days and weeks of your life, you have desired so desperately just to push that reset button and reboot and refresh. To start over, to begin with a new, fresh effort. I'm not talking about going back. I'm talking about going forward. And you can go forward from where you are with what you have without going back. Amen. Some of you sit here today that desperately need a new beginning. But reality tries to tell us that that is impossible. It can never happen. It will never happen. At least it couldn't happen for me. But I believe there are three things that God sent me here this morning to tell someone. Number one, God wants to give you that fresh opportunity of a new beginning. God wants to give you that fresh opportunity of a new beginning today. Somebody say today. Say today is moving day. God wants to make that possible for you. Number two, he wants you to know that it is absolutely, unquestionably, entirely possible for that to happen today. Amen. To move into a new place. And number three, he wants you to understand that there are also enemies to that possibility. Amen. I didn't say that to discourage you. I said that to make you aware of the reality of life. There are things that are out there that are before you right now that are in your mind as as I am speaking to you right now that are telling you that it is impossible for you to experience a real change in your life. You've tried it before. You've been here before. You've heard that before. You've been at this place before. And because of that, Your mind tries to tell you that there are too many things out there that challenge that ever happening in your life and that they even mock the possibility of that taking place. But our text delivers to me a great message of hope today, and I want to share that with you. As you're aware, I'm sure if you've read any of the Bible, that Joshua was at this point standing at the Jordan River, looking into a land that had been at his fingertips one time before and it had slipped out of their grasp. They had been here at an earlier stage and date in life. Before them was a new day and before them was a new beginning and a time now to correct all of their old mistakes. A time for them to recover. 
what had been forfeited some 40 years prior to this. And now he is at that point of looking into promise, looking into what God had assured was theirs. And though the conquest of the promises was before them, the real issue, the bigger issue than conquering the land and receiving the promises and invading that territory, the real issues that were being dealt with on that day were issues of the heart and mind. Amen. They had been here before, but they had failed miserably. They had stopped short. They had doubted God. They had doubted His Word. They had allowed fear to interpret their future for them. And fear had prevented them from being where they needed to be and where God wanted them to be. I wonder how many today fear is keeping you in that same place. Amen. In preparation for their move into this new day and this new opportunity, God gives them great words of encouragement and Along with them, he gives them words of warning. You see, Joshua had a new generation of people to deal with. He had a whole new generation of people that were now with him because all of the old unbelievers had died out in the wilderness. And now this one relic, this man, Joshua, was a throwback to another time. But he had been chosen to lead God's people into their present promise. But these new people, this young generation, still face the same old problem. It's a problem that you and I face even now. There was a new opportunity before them, but there was a same old enemy that was on their heel. They first had to deal with the reality of what is. You know, that seems to be the thing that keeps so many people trapped in right now and prevents them from moving forward in God is what is. And what is, is Moses is dead. Everything I've known about leadership, everything I've known about spirituality, everything I've known about greatness, everything I've known about godliness and, and, and God leadership is gone from my life. And yet I am being brought again to that same opportunity and that same privilege is before me and that same step is there offered for me to take. But I'm having to do it without a lot of the old comforts that I felt like I had to have to move forward. You see, they were having to deal with the reality that Moses no longer lived, but there was still a future for them in spite of the fact that Moses was dead. It's amazing what God can continue to do even when the things that we feel like we can't do without are taken away. Amen. Dealing with these realities of life is often the most discouraging process 
are part of the process, I should say. Because to live keeps us moving ever forward. But many times we have to move forward without things that we have depended on to get us to where we are. When Moses died, God had to teach Israel that you do not have to be afraid to continue to move into the future. Because though Moses is dead, my purpose for your life is not dead. And my plans for your future have not died with Moses. And so for somebody here today that felt like you had to have this certain thing or this certain person in your life and you thought you would never be able to live without them and keep going, they're gone today. And the fact is God said you need to keep going too. Amen. What one needs at a time like this is not lecturing but encouragement. And so God does that. He puts heart into them. He gives them words to help them. He encourages them with three very important things. His promises, His word, His presence. His promises, His words, His presence. His promises, His word, His presence. His promises, His word, His presence. All of those were given to them so that it would encourage them and it would nurture in them a confidence that God has brought me this far and if God could bring me this far, then God could surely take me where He's wanting me to go. He didn't bring me here to die at the brink of a promise. He didn't bring me here to die at the doorstep of a new opportunity. And so three times God encourages Joshua, but to me, I, I believe they are warnings because warnings are indicative of weaknesses. And it was obvious that if there was anything that Joshua and Israel was going to struggle with, when they moved into this new opportunity, was the the courage and the strength to do what was called for them to do. And so God addresses their weaknesses three times. He addresses that area of their life where they are most vulnerable and where they have the greatest tendency to fall. And he tries to fortify that area of weakness in their life and strengthen them so that they can move forward into their new day. And so three times he said, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong. And of good courage. Amen. And with these encouragements, God makes him also aware of the two things that the Lord spoke to me yesterday. And I could not get away from them. And I can't get away from them this morning. The two things that he wants you and I to be aware of that can stop us from moving forward. And embracing our future or embracing tomorrow or what God has planned for us. Even though it may be without certain people 
or without certain things that we thought we had to have to get here. I have news for you. You can make it with what you have left. You may not have everything you started out with when you started living for God. You may not have all the pieces of the ship that you were traveling on, but I'm just here to tell you right now that I've got a word from God for you today that if you've got a plank or you've got a board or you've got a piece of the ship, you can still make it with what you have left. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. And so He says to Joshua, Be not afraid, neither dismayed. When I read that, the Lord began to speak to me and say, Herein is is the greatest enemies to you moving forward into a new life. These twins are the greatest nemesis to a person's new beginning. These two are the greatest obstacles to somebody experiencing a fresh start and reclaiming things that have been lost are coming back to things that they have walked away from. These two things and their influence in your life is the most disastrous thing that can stop you in your trek toward promise. Either one of them will cause you to hesitate or hold back or doubt or question or panic when God is saying move. They are the greatest challenge to your future. They're the greatest challenge to a better life. They're the greatest challenge to my joy, my victory, my peace, my contentment, my fulfillment. Be not afraid. Be not afraid and neither be dismayed. When I started looking at those two words and God began to speak to me, he helped me understand how powerful those two things are in preventing somebody from taking a step that keeps people locked in a pew or keeps them locked in their position and thinking, well, this is just as good as life is going to be. I'll never get beyond this point. I'll never be able to live any better than I'm living right now. And it's fear, fear, and discouragement. And both of them work on your spirit and your mind. You see, when Israel was in Egypt, their enemy was around them. When they came to the Red Sea, their enemy was behind them. When they came to the Jordan, their enemy was before them. But when they started moving into promise, their enemy was within them. Because it's not what your enemy can do to you that's stopping you right now. It's what you do to yourself. It's what your mind allows you to think. It's what your heart tells you. That you're not good enough. That you're you're a failure. You're a misfit. You've already messed up too much. You've already made too many mistakes. And so your mind and your heart, they begin to work on you and tell you, it'll never get better than this. You might as well get used to this. You might as well get adjusted. This is life for you from now on. And I've come to tell somebody today, it's moving day. 
This is not the best it can be. This is not God's ultimate for your life. God's got promises for you out there that if you can just push through the fog of your mind and embrace them. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now and give him some praise. The greatest enemy of my spiritual progress more often than not is not the person sitting next to me. It's not the person I live with. It's not the person I work with. It's not the job that I have. It's not the things that I would like to blame. My background, my DNA. My bloodline, my parents, the greatest enemy to me moving forward is right up here and right in here. What's interesting about the word afraid, it speaks of a harassment of the mind. A harassment of the mind. You you ever... You know, there's some dogs, some breeds of dogs that just get on my nerves. And, and, and I shouldn't go here today because I'm sure I'm going to offend somebody. But I have to confess to you, there's a dog that just gets on my last nerve. Chihuahuas. I've never seen such a small package make so much noise. You would think they're going to eat you for lunch and save your bones for supper. They make more noise and do less than any breed I know of. Now, if that offends you, please forgive me. But they remind me of the harassments that go on in our life on a daily basis. What do you say about the little fox? The little fox is not tall enough to reach the grapes. It's not tall enough. When it leaps, it cannot reach the fruit, but it destroys the vine. How does it do that? Because every time it jumps and it comes back down, its claws come down the bark of that, of that root that's coming out of the ground. And over a process of time, there's enough cuts and holes that disease can set in. And infection come into that plant and begin to pull away from it the needed things that would produce fruit. It has to go to survival. I wonder how many people that are sitting here this morning that are just in survival mode. Because life has been doing that. It can't get to the fruit of your life. And so it starts working on the root of your life. And it works on it long enough and it gnaws away at you day in and day out. Those little harassments that come to you in the middle of the night that wake you up and say, you know what, you are a loser. Who do you think you are anyway? Now everybody knows your failures. What makes you think you can walk into that church and go down to that altar and change one thing about your life? And you know what? It hurts. It wounds us. 
and we don't think anything about it. But what happens when when that kind of turmoil starts in your mind and you start questioning and doubting what God has spoken to you, you begin to spend all of the energy that should be used to produce fruit just to stay alive. And that's why people can live for God for years and never really be fruit bearers because they have spent so much of their life just trying to stay alive, just Sunday to Sunday. I'm just barely making it. I, I gotta have this service and I gotta have that service. And I got, and, and all of it has to do with what's going on up here in our mind and what's going on in our heart. It's what we've allowed. The enemy is no longer just around us. The enemy, the worst enemy of my life is in me. Telling me how unworthy I am. What a failure I am. What a mistake I am. You're never gonna, you, you, you're never gonna reach that goal. You're never going to accomplish that dream. You're never going to be that person that you dreamed of being when you were younger. I mean, look at you now. Overweight, out of shape, lost your hair, losing your teeth, losing your sight. I'm not talking about all of you. I'm talking about me. And who, who are you anyway? I mean, you're not even a spiritual person. You're not, you don't even pray enough. And so without any enemy from the outside destroying them, God realized that there wasn't a Hittite, a Jebusite, or any other ite. That could stop them. He said that. Read that Bible again. He said no one can stand before you. The only one that can stop you is the one that's sitting on that pew right there with you inside of you. That's the one that can stop you. What out, what's out there can't stop you, but what is in here can. And what you've got to understand is that God wants to give you victory over your mind and your heart and your thought and help you understand God wants you to have victory. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to get up and move forward. He wants you to embrace your future. Come on, praise Him right now. Hallelujah. The word dismayed means confusion. Confusion. It is breaking down and shattering the mind and the heart and the will. It is that internal conflict that goes along with that harassment of thought. It is that questioning, that discouragement. And I'll never, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to cross that river. I'll never be able to conquer that city. I'll never be able to accomplish that task. And we become overwhelmed. Our heart is suppressed. When challenges arise in our life, we are tempted to be dismayed or confused. That's so important to understand. Is that just because there are challenges in your life doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God or you're on the wrong road. Hey, Jesus was in a boat with His disciples And the storm still came up. 
What makes you think that you're going to sail through life without a storm in your life? But the storm can't stop you. The storm can't stop you. The storm didn't stop them. He's, the storm can't stop you. You see, there's never, there's never, there's never, there's never, there's never been a ship or a boat that he's been on that's ever gone down. And I have news for you. There never will be one. I don't care what comes against you, what's in you, what's with you is greater than whatever is against you right now. You need to have confidence in that. You need to understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet, clap your hands and give him praise right now. What you believe or refuse to believe about God's Word and about God's promises and about yourself will determine your future. Fear and confusion are the greatest enemies of your future. A harassed mind, a troubled heart, your victory. Your victory, the things that cripple you today could be released. What has bound you, what has troubled you could be thrown to the wayside. If you would not be afraid or dismayed. Say, Brother Hughes, I'm not up, I don't feel like I'm up to the challenge. Yeah, you are. God wouldn't have brought you here if you weren't. Hey, I've got news for all of you. If you don't know that already, how many of you woke up this morning? Some of you don't know whether you did or not. That's what I'm talking about. We're still confused. We don't know whether we're here or not. The very fact that you are here is a testimony that God, if He kept you this far he didn't keep you this far so you would fail now now you think about all the stuff that could have been your exit think about all the things that could have been your D-Day it should have wiped me out but I'm still here I mean mean, I'm not I'm not everything I used to be so what I still have what it takes. Quit trying to go back and regather lost things. It's gone. Moses is dead. But you can live on without Moses in your life. You can live on without some things you thought you had to have. Well, I just can't live without that in my life. Yeah, you can. You're living proof of it right now that you can. Quit allowing that to stop you from going into the future that God has promised you. And finding the blessings and the provision and the peace and the joy and the contentment and the help and the strength. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen.
You know what some of you need to do? I've done this before, but you need to put your hands on your head right now and say, God, I need you to help cleanse my mind of all of this junk that I've allowed to go on in my thoughts. Every every troubling thought, every lie of the enemy and every lie that I come up with myself, every lie that my flesh tells me, every lie that carnality speaks, every lie that the enemy would try to project into my mind, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace of God's word over my life. I confess the word of God over my mind. Lord, you are putting me in a place where I can move forward. You're putting me in a place where I can advance. You're putting me in a place where I can put the past behind me. Amen. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now that you know enough about God to move forward on what you know. Some of you need to put your hand over your heart and say, God, I need you to heal this. This brokenness. You know what hurt people do? Hurt people. Some of you have been hurt deeply. I'm not, I'm not making fun of that. I'm not ridicule. I'm not making light of that. Please don't misunderstand me. I know what that feels like. When somebody rips your heart out and stomps on it and then walks away. People you trusted, people that you put confidence in. Your heart has been crushed. Your confidence has been broken. God, I need you to restore that confidence in my heart. I need you to do a work and I need you to do a work on my heart right now. <laughs> I, I need you to go in there and repair the broken places because I want it to function so that my body is full of strength spiritually so that I will move in faith and confidence so that I will not be in dismay. I will not be discouraged. I will not be despondent. I will not be doubtful. Lord, I, I don't want to live with a broken heart. I believe you can heal a broken heart. I need you to heal my brokenness. Amen. Some of you failed God and you failed your family or you failed a loved one or you failed a, a confidence or you failed a friend. And you've let that work on your heart to where it becomes calloused and it becomes difficult to touch. It becomes difficult for God to get into. There's just a wall that you put up. You know, when you get hurt enough, you put up a defense and you don't let anybody come near you. You become like the demoniac in the, uh, of gatherings that that had been hurt so much and had been had so many bad things happen to him that he became a man that was untouchable. He he couldn't be lived with. People couldn't live around him because he hurt himself. He hurt them. 
And so, there are people, I'm not trying to be mean today, but there's some people that are in this building right now that have been hurt so deeply that you've let a wall be built up around your life. And you're not going to let anybody penetrate. The trouble with that is you're not letting God penetrate it either. When God begins to speak to you and say, come on, this is a new day. This is a new opportunity. You might, you're, you're not at the same place you were before. You're in a new beginning. You're in a new opportunity. All the old stuff is dead. Come on, let's move forward. There's something in the heart that is trying to prevent you from moving forward. And you need God to heal that heart. You need Him to heal that brokenness that is in you. Oh, oh God, I, I'm going to offer you an opportunity right now. I don't want anybody looking around. I don't. This is just about you and God. But there's some people God's talking to right now. That your mind and your heart are the only things that's keeping you from moving into a new life and to a new start into a fresh beginning, into a new day. It's not your enemies. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your children. It's not your environment. It's not your job. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not all the stuff that we would like to point to. It's all inside right now. It's in my mind and it's in my heart. And I need God to touch both of them today. I need God to heal because I want to move forward. This is moving day for me. I'm tired of staying where I'm at. I'm tired of being who I've been. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of letting those lies cheat me and keep me trapped in a world where, where I just keep going around in circles for 40 years. They had gone around in circles because what had trapped them when they came to that place in the beginning, they could never free themselves from. And I'm here to tell you God's trying to give somebody an opportunity to be freed from that trap of your mind and your heart and the lies that he has told you you'll never be able to break that habit you'll never go there you'll never be that person and the Holy Ghost is saying yes you can yes you are it's here right now it's moving day for you come on right now come on right now come on right now come on right now respond to him God I want you to touch my mind my thoughts Oh God, oh God, my God, my God, my God, my God, God, I need you touch my mind right now. I need my mind to be pure, purged and purified. I, I need my thoughts to be ordered. I need you to bring order to my mind. I need you to heal some broken places. I'm tired of being trapped, Lord. I'm tired of being bound. I'm tired of being miserable. I'm tired of being hurt. Oh, Holy Ghost, come right now. Come right now, Lord. Come right now, Lord. Come right now, Lord. Come right now. Lord. Come right now. Lord. Come right now.